Hello and welcome to Lime Ninja Radio, episode 47 and da, 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 our one-year anniversary. Woohoo! I'm in the studio with our producer, Aurora. Hi. And actually, the anniversary was a little bit last week, but close enough. And we should be on episode 53, not 47. We did miss a few weeks in there. We did. Over the winter. We did. Almost missed today. Put up 400-some bales of hay, and this was the third week, third day this week, in, in the past seven days that we put up hay. About 400 bales each time. Yeah. It's hard work, ladies and gentlemen. It's really hard work. <laughs> so instead of passing out, which I'm going to do right after I record this, we're getting Lime Ninja Radio out to you because yes, we sir. love you all. Yes, sir. All right. Our guest this week is Katie Polk. Had a great time talking with her. So, Aurora, introduce her so we can get right to the interview. All right. Katie Polk was a marine and extreme sport athlete. She became infected with Lyme disease and was sick for about five years. She says that having Lyme disease completely transformed her life. As she says on her blog, quote, From the struggle, I've become a better mother, a better friend, a better listener, more observant, less judgmental, and I have total balance in my life. The gift I want to share with the world from my journey is not about Lyme disease and it's not about disease itself. It's a message of hope and a reminder that prioritizing health and well-being is a personal journey. Now she's an ambassador for positive thinking, visualization, health, and wealth. Thanks, Aurora. And here's our interview with Katie Polk. Hi, Katie. It's McKay Rippey from Lyme Ninja Radio. Hey, how are you? Terrific. Is it is all quiet there? Um, I'm sitting outside. Nice. So is that going to be an issue with like birds in the background or anything? I don't think so. If a plane flies overhead, we'll uh, just edit it out. I was talking yeah, I was gonna, actually, more about your two-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. But that's a good point about the planes because it, uh, there, it, there's an airport right up the street. So I, uh, we'll uh, try it and just let me know if you think uh, – Give me a code word or something, and I'll go inside. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop. Sneeze, and I'll go inside. <laughs> no, it, it sounds fine right now. Okay. So, tell me your Lyme story. Where'd you get it? Um, My belief is that I got it when I was active duty Marine Corps in Quantico, Virginia. Ah. Crawling like around in of, the woods? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was also an adventure racer and a mountain biker and a number of other forms of an athlete that involved lots of time in the woods. Okay, so I, so, I, so I know mountain biking. What it's an adventure racer? It's a combination of mountain bike. It just depends on the race, but generally mountain biking, trail running, sometimes some swimming, sometimes some rock climbing. So it's a multi-sport type of activity. So, so it's like a woodsy triathlon. Yes, exactly. Sort of. Off-road triathlon. Off-road triathlon. There we go. Cool. Yep. So, did were you sick when you were in active duty? I was. Yes, I remember because I was a um, a trials rider. If you've heard of it, it's a really small sport, uh, most easily understood as it's comparable to BMX, although it's a little different. But and I started getting arthritis really bad, so I just thought, eh, you know, it's. Uh, it's a tough sport, and the, the bikes don't have any suspension or anything, so your body is kind of absorbing all that shock. Yeah, and you're training so too kinda, hard and all that stuff, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's what, you know, I started going to doctors a little, and they were just like, eh, I think it's overtraining syndrome. You haven't really taken a full week off of exercise in yeah, approximately totally. 10 years, you know. So, uh, so, how, so I just kind of wrote some of those symptoms off, and so then it, time it started out, getting Time out for a second. About, about how old were you? Um... 29-ish. Okay. And are these uh, base doctors or are these off-base? These are all base doctors. Okay. Every, yeah, they're Navy doctors, even though uh, I was an active duty Marine. They go through the Navy for their medical. That much I know about the military. Yeah. Oh, here's, here's – well, since we're telling secrets about uh, – so I applied to go to the Naval Academy. Okay. Yeah, and they turned me down. 
So I had a. It wasn't your. It wasn't your path. It wasn't your path. And then, yeah, definitely wasn't. And um, what actually what happened in my era? They picked a basketball player. I heard that he got selected on the radio one day, driving around. I was like, darn, there goes my slot, because I think I was <laughs> I was on the bubble. And then I had a Marine recruiter. How do I said you can still get in the academy if you go through the Marines? I said no thanks. <laughs> oh yeah, Marines will try to snatch you up. Yeah, he did. He was out on my trail for quite a while there. Anyway. Yeah. I wasn't as brave or tough as you are. <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> they were like, wait a minute, we got to make room for Katie Polk. I'm sorry, that's your slot ex- cannot be taken at this that's, time. That's exactly right. Okay, so you've got arthritis. You're doing this hardcore trail riding stuff. Your joint Now, which joints? Elbows, knees, hips? So most namely in the beginning, it was knees and my hands and elbows. My hands would actually get to the point where I couldn't physically let go of my bicycle. I had to wait, you know, a little bit and then try to pry them off of there. So I would get one hand off and then I would physically pull my other finger, like a finger at a time off of the bike. That's crazy. So, yeah. And without, you know, it's so silly now when I look back at it, because I'm like, without even asking friends, I just assumed that was a normal part of the sport. I just thought, you know, this is a really tough sport. You're jumping on one wheel of a bicycle off of huge obstacles and landing on concrete on one wheel. So I thought, you know, it's just the shock probably. I'm, I'm, I'll be good. Yeah. And then some more symptoms creeped in, and I started to think, okay, I'm not even 30 years old, and I feel like I'm 85. So what were the other symptoms? I had two things going on at once. One, I got like a a series of, I guess you would call it cluster headaches almost, like very intense, awful, excruciating headaches for a period of about a month. So I just, same thing, I kind of wrote it off. I thought, oh, my migraine medicine probably just isn't working. You know, the headaches have shifted, so I'll just switch medicines. And so you had, a, you had a history. Kind of, you had a history of migraines up to that point. Yes. Okay. Yep. So then, at that point, it sort of shifted into just general listlessness, like general fatigue and uh, like stuff. So mm-hmm. I, with that, <laughs> I contacted my landlord, and I'm like, you know, there's a little bit of like mold I see here, and mm. that's probably what's doing it. That's a good guess. Yeah. So for years, I really just kind of started to have a lot of symptoms and wrote them off. It wasn't until 2011 when I was in Venezuela, the first time I actually went to a doctor and said, you know, I'm having bone pain. Like my bones are just incessantly throbbing all day. Um, So he actually, I asked him, I said, could it be like early onset osteoporosis or something? Like, I just don't know what to make of all this. And he actually wrote in my chart, um, patient thinks she has osteoporosis and doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the beginning of me you know, realizing that all the doctors were going to think I was crazy. Hmm. So how long before you went to Venezuela, how many years is this that you're just kind of suffering and bouncing around and about a year and a half. Okay. And when I got to Venezuela, it got really bad because I was working shift work. And as you know, like if you're a limey, you got to have your sleep. Like you cannot be up. Now here's another question. Did you also have to have other immunizations? To go, um, before, to go? Yeah, I want to say before Venezuela, I did. I mean, that was such a regular part of my Marine Corps career. Yeah. That, but yes, but when I went to the, it was a Marine security guard. So when I went to the Marine security guard program, um, you have to go through a medical screening and start to get whatever vaccinations are required for your country. I, I don't recall them at the time, but. Because I've talked sure. to quite a few people who've had kind of latent or low intensity Lyme get really ramped up by vaccination. Yes. I would say that now that I look back over really some, some more of my Marine Corps career, I think it was definitely there on a really low level. Uh-huh. And the certain things, even the high-stress environment of being a Marine security guard and, and being in such a high-stress country, yeah. um, I think really started to kick it up. And then in 2012, I had a baby. And that's when I never was able to pretend I didn't have Lyme anymore. Ah. So, so, so here, if and you don't have to answer this if, if you don't want to. Have you have, had your baby tested? For Lyme? Um, I have not. That's okay. something that I've decided not to do. Okay. Um, and so far, you know, it's one of those things I, uh, I've i learned so much about Lyme since then mm-hmm. um, that I don't think it would change anything about how I'm parenting her or what I, it, it kind of just, I think it might get in my loop a little too much. And even if it was negative, quite frankly, I wouldn't believe that she didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like one of those that you kind of just start to say, I don't need to know anymore. I just need to know how to live my life as healthy as possible so that she doesn't at some point 
it's my fear for her is at some point she might get in a car accident or she might have a sports injury in school yeah, or something and then it kind of opens Pandora's box. So. Yeah, but at least you'll know. Yeah. You know, well, so some strange, some strange things have happened. Um, like she was like one and a half and she got a facial tick huh. and I was petrified. I mean, I was a wreck. I literally was crying Aww. before I took her to the doctor. Cause I'm like, this is, I can't learn this about my baby. I just cannot do it. And I took her to the doctor. I took a video of her facial tick, mm-hmm. took her to the doctor, mm-hmm. decided I wasn't going to be perceived as a crazy person. I didn't say anything about my own health. Mm-hmm. And I just said, she has a facial tick. Um, I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it is. And they said, you know what? That's a sign of an ear infection or strep. And sure enough, she had an ear infection and they treated it and that was it. So continuously when I have things that make, you know, make my hair crawl that I think she's showing signs of having Lyme, I take her to the doctor and it ends up being something pretty benign so far. So, yeah. So I really try not to let it get in my loop too much. And and so far she's been healthy overall. Yeah. That's pretty important because when you are hypersensitive like that, every little thing becomes Lyme. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, and we, we forget that people normally get sick in the course of a year anyway. Right. You know, it can feel pretty crappy for a while. Now, granted, when you're online, that can last more than just a couple of weeks and it can be most of your right. life. But anyway, it it is. That's I think that's part of the healing is to get. I like the way you put that. It's like get it out of your loop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't want to. And, and even if she had it, I don't think I would want to know because at the end of the day, um. I wouldn't plan to treat her. I'm just, especially with the journey I'm on now with um, having succeeded really well and, you know, healing myself. um, I think I know just what to do for her and I'm doing it. So even if she had it, I'd be doing everything exactly the same. Even if she didn't, I'd be doing everything. It wouldn't change anything. Yeah. So when did you get diagnosed or figure it out or just take the leap? What happened? I was having a really hard time getting heard in the military, um, no, no judgment against them or anything. They just, uh, they, I don't know that they understand Lyme very well. And at some point I came across somebody who said, um, you have symptoms exactly like I have, and I have Lyme disease. That was the first time I knew what it was. Hmm. So I asked the military to test me for Lyme and they wouldn't, um, right. my internal medicine doctor and my primary care practitioner wouldn't do the test mm-hmm. because I was living in California at the time. So they both said it's not prevalent here. Right. I tried to remind them that I was a Marine who traveled all over the world and um, they they didn't want to do it. So I actually ended up paying a naturopath out in California around, I don't know, June, 2013 ish. Mm -hmm. And he felt so sorry for me at that point because I'd been so sick. I mean, I was like deathly ill at that that stage. And uh, he said, I'll pay for the Lyme test myself for you. Mm -hmm. We just need to do that. I didn't walk in there and say, my friend told me it might be Lyme. I didn't say, I didn't lead him to that. Mm -hmm. I just said, these are my symptoms. This is the countries I've traveled to. You know, at the time, this is the immunizations I've had. Um, And he said, the very first thing I'm doing is a Lyme test, and I'll pay the $295 to send your blood to IGNX so that we can decide if this is what's going on. Yeah. And he called me a week or two later and said uh, it was positive. So, And then I thought, at that moment, I thought, oh, cool. I just have Lyme disease, and I know what it is. I'll just fix it right on up. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited to get that diagnosis. And I look back now. Yeah. It's it's funny, isn't it? That was my experience just compressed into a few days. Was I, So I got a bullseye rash, and when I saw the rash on my shoulder, I immediately felt better. You know, I mm-hmm. was completely ignorant yeah. about what Lyme disease, except for the name and the bullseye rash. It's like, oh, Lyme disease. That's sure. cool. Yeah, you're like, now I know, and I'll just go yeah. catch it on up. Exactly. You get to go in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only. So I, I find it funny now when I see people that are think they might have Lyme, and they're just so seeking that solid answer because mm-hmm. I almost want to tell him like, I, I don't know that that's going to really help you. Your journey is going to be so unique and so different from anyone else's journey who has, you know, Lyme disease that it's it, the diagnosis itself to me is, um, it held me back a little. I feel like it, it really. What do you, what do you mean just, by that? Um, so again, now that I've come as far as I've come, I really realized that I was spending all of my energy, all of my time, all of my life and my thought processes focusing on Lyme. Right. And now I understand that, you know, what you focus on will become your reality. <laughs> Not that you can just wish Lyme away or positive thinking will heal you, but I understand that I was able to focus so intensely on the research and on the studies and on the people who have healed, the people who haven't, that I, I just sort of got stuck there for a little while. Um, 
you know, focusing focusing too much on Lyme disease and not focusing on health. Because when we get sick, regardless of the disease, my belief is we should intensely focus on our health. Like our body is telling you something. It's sending a message that says it, this isn't well. So it's about figuring out what to do for your body that will make you well again. And it's, to me, at this stage, where I'm at now versus where I was then, if I got sick again, I wouldn't care what it was. I would just focus on natural healing and all the things that I've done to get to this place, and I would do all that again. So when you first started out, what treatments were you doing? I started on doxycycline mm-hmm. for three months. That's right. That Naturopaths out in California can prescribe well, certain he, meds. I, I went back to the Marine Corps okay. with the positive Lyme test. Oh, okay. And got um, them to pay for it. Good. Got that. So what the doctor actually, interestingly enough, he was like a sports medicine doctor. And I went to him in tears and I said, I don't know what to do. I said, you've been willing to put me on limited duty. I don't have any plan for recovery. I don't have anyone helping me. I went out in town and paid a doctor out of pocket because I need to know what's wrong with me. And I said, and at this point, I cannot be a Marine. I can't do it. I'm not, you know, physically, you couldn't do it. Helping me physically. I said, I can't even walk a mountain, let alone run a mountain. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't even walk up the flight of stairs to get to my house. So he said, you know what? He, he felt for me. It was a, it was definitely a heartfelt moment where I just kind of melted down to him and said, "I help me. What do I do? What, I don't know what to do. And he said, I don't know anything about Lyme disease, but I'll give you 90 days of doxycycline. That was another moment where I thought, perfect. I'll be fixed right up. I literally told my friends, I'm going to take the first pill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I guarantee I'll be biking again within a couple weeks. Huh. And I woke up the next day after I took that first pill and I couldn't walk across the road. <laughs> so then for the... So things got worse, I, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember looking at my body and being like, why can't you move? <laughs> like, why can't you stand up and walk across the room? Can I try harder? I mean, am I just giving up on life? <laughs> Do I just... Did I just, like, throw in the towel? I just don't want to be a Marine, maybe? Like... I really beat myself up. So, that so day. and let me back up here a little bit too. So, come on, you're you're a you're a marine, right? So that's not mm-hmm. wimpy. You're doing all the you, or we're doing all these hardcore sports. I mean, really hardcore yeah. sports. So, yep. you know, you, you're. I was just reading some stuff about flow and the state of flow, and you know, extreme athletes tend to get in it by doing extreme athletic stuff and adrenaline stuff. And you sound like one of those kind of persons. So. Yep. It's, it, it's this doubt, you know, where's this doubt coming from? Is this doubt from that you haven't been on your bike for three months and you're just kind of feeling down or? Yeah. Yes. And this was, it was, um, I wasn't believed. And again, same story as everybody else really who's gone through this. People who have Lyme very much understand, but I wasn't believed by any of the doctors that I was seeing. I saw a rheumatologist. I saw everybody. The rheumatologist told me to exercise seven uh, days a week. Yeah, they're, the rheumatologists are almost worthless. The one around here terrible. is just... And, the, and I would just leave there crying and because I would hang my hat on the fact that the next doctor I went to was going to pay attention. So it, and I couldn't, um, I really couldn't articulate to people because you know how did you have some good days? Yep. So then I thought, am I just, I just don't understand. So because I wasn't being believed and I didn't have a support system and nobody could look at me and say, I don't know what you have at this moment, but I do believe that you're sick. Right. I mean, I was referred to mental health several times and yeah, yeah. it was really hard for me because I, you know, I tried to explain to them, I want to be whole, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not. And I need a medical professional to help me understand why I'm sick. So it got in my loop pretty bad. And I just kind of, um, yeah, I doubted myself a lot, and I doubted if if any of it was real because I just started to believe the programming of the fact that, that I was making all this up. So, they're the birds. Oh, you can hear them. <laughs> it sounds so peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm sitting outside. I spend a lot of time outside now since getting well. That's uh, beautiful. Um. Okay, so you're on doxycycline. Obviously, your detox pathways aren't working so great. Just you're feeling like crap, and so so then you know, do you tough it out? I imagine you toughed it out. I toughed it out, yeah, for the three months because I thought this is probably just the beginning. Toughed it out. At the same time, my friend who I said earlier, um, she worked at NCIS with me. She uh, she recommended the Buner protocol in his book. Ah. Uh. So I picked that up. Mm-hmm. I started doing some of that, mm-hmm. some of those protocols. At the time, his protocols have shifted a little now. but And that helped me a little. 
Okay. Like noticeably, noticeably for sure. So I decided on my own to do the doxycycline at the same time as some of the herbs. Okay. I think I began taking about a hundred pills a day in total. Holy Moses. Yeah, it was a lot. That's and it's, yeah, I, I, I lost like flavor and food. I mean, it, it had so many different effects too. I think from some of the tinctures and stuff. So hmm. did that for a little while, ended up, going off of everything. I, I used intuition a lot throughout this process. And what I ended up learning about me when it came to the Buner protocol was that I had to cycle it. It yeah. didn't make sense. You know, I couldn't, some people would say don't cycle it. Some people would say cycle it. Some people would say alternate herbs. And I just, the only thing I got that would sustain any level of functioning was to take his herbs for approximately a month or two and then stop them for about three weeks and then start them again and stop them. So with you, do you feel it was your body just needed uh, rest and recovery from the herbs or to assimilate them or the spirochetes had gone into hiding and just needed? I, yeah, I think it was that the spirochetes usually just, they're, they're such a smart bacteria that I feel like they genuinely just got smart, waited it out, you know, or came back out of hiding. And so it was just ebbing and flowing of, because I didn't get better doing any of that. Oh, so you, I, did, you, I made, I made some small progress and I was, the odd thing is the one thing that really helped me, I ended up getting some blood work at some point. And at that time I ended up being hypoglycemic and had a thyroid issue. Really? So they prescribed me some thyroid medicine and that changed my life. That got me to where I could actually get up and go to target right. and come home and not have to rest the rest of the day. So right. it gave me a little bit of sustained energy. And and so I'm sorry, I misheard. Yeah. Were you hypo or hyperglycemic? Hypoglycemic, Local. yeah. Okay, very good. Thanks. Yeah. So and then um, yeah, so that got me to a better level of functioning. And then I would I would always stay on the thyroid, mm -hmm. and I would always make sure I ate meals as often as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I would just cycle the herbs. So again, the spirochetes were all still there. I could feel them wherever they were at the time. If they were in my knees that day, or my you know brain fog that day, or whatever, but. If I went off the meds, I felt healthier than I ever had for at least four or five days. And then over the three weeks, I would start to get a little sick again. And then I would go in and rescue myself with the herbs for two months. And we just kept looping like that. So, so. so you had a loop. So, you know, and, yep. the, and was there overall progress being made or were you just looping around? <sighs> would you say? Uh, it's tough to tell. Yes, there was overall progress. And okay. by that, I basically mean... Some of the arthritis lessened a little, but it was definitely still there. Okay. That's still progress, but. But nothing to make you jump up and down and say, woohoo, the, the. Oh, absolutely not. Right. It's no, just like. I was still a very sick person. Yeah. So then, so you're going through this loop situation and then something changed. And what was that? The something changed actually in the middle of the loop. And I have you to thank for that. And I think I referenced this when, when you and I spoke previously, but episode 12 of your show, um, I can't pronounce her name. You, well, you had someone on your show who the, had healed herself. Yes. So the Polish, she's Polish. Yeah. I, th I thought, I yeah. thought first I, you know, here, the personal story here. So here's, I, this is like right in the beginning. I'm doing the first few ones. She's gracious enough to, to agree to, to go on this crazy guy's podcast. And I insult her by calling her Russian and she's Polish. I remember. Right. And you I know, you know enough about months. the history of, I'm, I'm assuming being Marine that they're not the yeah. nicest. Yeah. They don't you have don't the really best relationship there. I was like, Oh my God, I called her Russian, <laughs> but she was very nice. She didn't hang up the phone. That's hilarious. It, yeah, yeah so I listened, I listened to her story, which is fascinating. And, and now, oddly, her story is very similar to mine huh. um, because I copied it. And I from from that one podcast, I started studying. I changed my what I was studying. I changed how do you kill the spirochete? You know, what protocols are best? Can you cycle them? Should you cycle them? Lime, 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 lime. And I shifted my energy to um, reading up and studying those who have healed lime. Huh. Only that was all I would study, and every single person who who I've seen who has healed Lyme, it's been a, a specific combination of spiritual and inner work, yeah, uh, diet and exercise, and some of the herbal protocols. I think that kind of got them to where they're at. But it's been it's been a specific combination, and I looked at all of them and I thought all of these people are very 
different than when they went into Lyme. They're light and they're bright and they respect nature and they cherish nature. They just, they have a difference about them. So I really shifted my energy to say, I think for me that Lyme is a gift that I was given and what I choose to do with it is going to define how this experience ends for me. And once I started that type of shift, everything that I researched led me to something else, which helped and helped. And then I just got led to Tyler Tolman, who is amazing, um, who he does a 13-week program called Heal Thyself at Home. And it covers all the areas that, that you know, she had referenced, which is the inner work and the spiritual and, and healing past traumas, which I think is really important for healing any disease personally. It's not the main piece, but it's very important. Um, and then diet and stuff like that. So I, his program covered all of it, how to remove toxicity, how to um, fix deficiencies that you might have in your system by consuming raw whole foods and, and juices and stuff like that. So once I really understood I've been studying the wrong stuff, I don't care what the spirochetes pattern is. I don't care how well they live in your system even when you try to kill them. I care about those who have been successful and how exactly they did it. And I'm going to dedicate my life to studying that. And that turned your symptomatology, your life around. Absolutely. I am I'm healthier than I was pre-Lyme. <laughs> I'm healthier than I was when I raced triathlons, when I was right smack in the middle of an amazing Marine Corps career. I have, enough, I have endless energy. I'm so appreciative for everything. I mean, I, I walk around barefoot outside because I, I love to, like, walk on the earth directly. I go out in the sun every day and draw energy from the sun. I, do you, I know, do you know about earthing? I do, yeah. Okay. Yep. And that's something that truly, if I, if I don't feel that well, or if I kind of start to get a little tired, which is really rare now, um, I go outside and, and get some natural sunlight. And you did another episode on vitamin D, yep. which was another part of what changed my life. Because I agree, it's so logical. And that's one of the reasons that I, I was so drawn to want to talk to you is because, you know, I, I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your listeners, but you do, you do, you have an amazing variety of people on that show. And it's just, it, it, it is. And I love it. I okay, love it. Like great. I was like, this, I point everybody to your show. I'm like you, you have to listen to Lime Ninja Radio. I'm like, don't mind the silly jokes, but you have to listen to Lime Ninja Radio. <laughs> That's so, uh, yeah. Well, so, you, so you turned the corner for me. Well, I'm so glad. Well, then it's been worth it. Yep. Yep. It's been if worth you help it. one person. It's all worth it, right? Absolutely. So th it's it's funny because I don't have a lot of feedback yet from listeners. Get a little bit here and there, but it's really pretty thin. So we'll get an email a month or something like that. And sometimes we beg for feedback on the show and sometimes we'll get one response from that. Um, right. We don't, I mean, at this point, uh, the, the last time I looked since the st show started, and it's not quite a year, we've had 46,000 downloads. Wow. So, so it's, I mean, it's getting out there and people are listening to it. Um, we're still kind of learning. Right now, I'm just interviewing people who I find interesting. And that's right. why it's all over the place because my mind is just. Sure. I just, I, it's, I see, it's drawn to what is, yeah. Drawn to what is drawn. yeah. And, and for me, it's all part of a whole coherent web. They all make sense to me. Um, yeah. they may not make sense to anybody if, else. If, but... I was going to say, if it helps, they make perfect sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would venture to guess that you don't get a great deal of feedback because all of your listeners are sick people. <laughs> like, you know, that's a good point. Who's got the time to write back to McKay Rippey about the fact that they enjoyed that episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most of them are like half, you know, half trying to walk into their beds just to, you know, talk out for the night at like 7 p.m. and hope that the next day they don't feel like they're dying. Yeah, you know, and the information th is helpful. Th that's that's a very good insight, and thank you for that. It's hard yeah, sure. because I do uh, – it's funny. I, I, I went back – one of the, the – not one of – the first person I interviewed, it was a patient of mine, um, a local woman who has – had Lyme and has it in ups and downs with it and was really sick for quite a while. I mean, it's a typical Lyme story, right? Um, mm -hmm. has, and I, I asked her, said, you know, I'd really love to interview you again and do a year, uh, just kind of celebration of the show and just check in to see how, how you're doing. And she thought about it for a while and she emailed back and said, you know, I, I'm not feeling very inspirational. 
and I don't want to so put thought my, her story wouldn't benefit people at that yeah, time. Yeah, but I, you yeah. know, I think that's part of what needs to be heard too. Is absolutely like you said. That's the most relatable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. How do I face the world because yeah. I don't feel like it? And I don't feel like I have anything to say. It, yeah, and oh, go know, ahead, and then I'll. That, that just reminded me of a story. But go ahead. Well, there's a blogger that I started following. Um, it's I. Don't follow blogs. It's not my thing. But one of my best friends is going through a horrific divorce. And she emailed me and said, you know, I can only imagine one thing worse than my horrific divorce and your horrific Lyme disease is if those two things combined. (laughs) And she said, you (laughs) have got to check out this blog and read her story because she was going through some issues with her husband and she had Lyme disease. And she posted, anytime I need inspiration, I search for her website. It's called uh, Momastery, I think, M-O-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y. And I searched Momastery and then Lyme. And she writes posts on it a lot. And she said something one time. Somebody, a fan, had sent her an email. And she responded. And that email completely changed the person's life. And she said, you know, on days that I feel completely worthless, like I'm bringing nothing to the table and I'm not parenting my children. And for three days straight, we've watched movie after movie after movie because I cannot function. Right. She was like, I'm still able to help people because I can still talk. I can talk and I can communicate over email. And that helps people. So I think that's a perfect thing to say to someone in exactly that spot is your highs and your lows, you still bring valuable information and you still strike a chord with people who you don't know that you're reaching. But that's the best part about it is as sick as you are most of the time for Lyme disease, folks, we can still talk, which is why a lot of people don't think we're that sick. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that would, I think she could be still really inspirational and Uh... hopefully she'll, hopefully she'll have a change of heart. Well, I hadn't considered asking her again, but maybe you've encouraged yeah. well, maybe me. Well, maybe she'll listen, and then she'll say, okay, I'll get out there. Get back out there. She knows who she is. Yeah. Um, okay. And the, the last thing I want to touch on here, and this is starting to be a theme. So one of the shows coming up re- recently, soon, will be Dr. Horowitz. Okay. Yeah. And uh, – and last night I just interviewed uh, a Dr. Embry, and I, I believe she's also a naturopath. But right now she's mostly training other healers, pr- primarily physicians, uh, but some other folks too. Um, and and she has some ideas about Lyme. So we talked a, a lot about the 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 gift of Lyme with her interview and Doctor mm-hmm. Horowitz is talking about a new paradigm of medicine and I re- I'm starting to really think that Lyme disease is the tip of the spear or the tipping point that's going to bring medicine to a new place. I mean, all the pieces have been out there for a long time, but there mm-hmm. hasn't really been. You know, AIDS came and went and, you know, that's kind of still that that didn't really change things. There, I think it helped with awareness and sympathy and things like that. Um, so it definitely changed the world in, in some ways. But in terms of actually changing how we treat people and how doctors have to pay attention to people and individuals and their individual needs and mm-hmm. the, the complexity of the, the issue and then the whole issue that you bring up about Focusing on health and and Mm -hmm. the terrain on which the bacteria has entered and healing that rather than just going out and trying to snipe off the the bacteria when they pop their heads up is is part yeah is part of the whole thing. So I I really think that the characters in the Lyme world are going to push this over and through the edge, and it's it's you know it may be fifty years before it fully manifests. But I bet right. I bet in our lifetime we'll look back and say, "Wow, this was really there was a lot going on back there in 2015." You know, and yeah, and I, I actually I've after. never thought of it that way, but I think that's fascinating because at the end of the day, this is the one thing that just it confuses the treatment so much that you really do, and and you see people who have healed one way, and then the other person tries that and it doesn't work for them. So yep. it's really an overall communication of your every out of your being to to your body saying this is this is not well and you need to do a certain combination of things and if doctors treat it all the same they'll maybe heal one in 50 
So you're right. I think that's fascinating that they uh, this might be something that opens up. It, it's already opened up a lot of people's minds. I mean, you hear doctors who didn't necessarily believe it was chronic, and then they got it. You know, so once once enough of that happens, that doctors start understanding, truly understanding, this is a very individual thing. I think you're right. Yeah, well, it's Which just... Is good. We're, we're a part of history. We're all just helping, you know, make the world go around better. I hope so. Yeah. I hope Where are so. you at with your Lyme disease? Are you... You know, my story oh. is so boring and so <laughs> short. Um, I think... I, I, I may, it's funny because you're talking about your boundless energy. Um, I'm, I may still be dealing with some of that, but part of that might be my, my constitution too. I need quiet and contemplative. There we go. Quiet and contemplative time to regenerate. So mm-hmm. as, as an acupuncturist, um, it, it, it can wipe me out, especially seeing a new patient. Um, in a day. So I, you know, it's almost right. Reading about Lyme disease and researching it and listening to podcasts about it, uh, is, is where I kind of get myself back, back going again anyway. So, but with that, there, there might, you know, that creeps in the back of my mind. It's like, I wonder if some of this fatigue isn't still a little bit of, some sickness still back in there. And I, I think, I think I have a little something in one of my sinuses, whether it's mold or a little Lyme colony or some other kind of colony up there. And it's my sinuses aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, on scale one to 10, it's like 0.5, but there's something there. Right. There's something there and I can feel it from time to time and it waxes and wanes. And, you know, again, it's like 0.5. It's not a, it's not a symptom that, Normally, people would pay attention to, but with my train, it's like, you know, there's something not quite right, right there. But anyway, so I got bit. Uh, I'm in central New York, but I got bit down on the Hudson Valley in one of the endemic areas, kind of due west of, of Lyme, Connecticut, by, you know, not too many miles, 60 miles, 100 miles, something like that. Um, I felt like... Uh, at the time, I was I was studying some Aikido, and I went into a, it was a summer class in an un air-conditioned dojo, and it was me, the instructor, so me and my white belt or no belt, and the instructor and uh, a senior student, and they threw me around for about an hour, and they kicked my ass. So I had to, so I got bit like the night before, the day before, I just, I just got super dehydrated and had my butt kicked physically. Um, and was just exhausted. I wasn't hurt. I was just exhausted. They just sure. wore me sure. out, right? So I, I get a summer flu. It's like, ah, you overdid it, you moron. So anyway, so I'm feeling lousy and just really, really bad. And I remember almost crawling into the bathroom a couple days into this flu and, you know, look at myself in the mirror and say, oh, you look like hell. And looking down and on my arm was a bullseye rash. And instantly, you know, talking about you and your diagnosis, instantly I felt better. Instantly. It just tells you how powerful your mind and spirit is. It's like instantly I felt better. Like all my symptoms vanished. So we packed up into the car, went down to the local emergency room. Everybody on duty Sunday morning came by to look at my arm and say, oh, there's a bullseye rash. We get to see one. We don't see many of these around here. It's like, okay, great. So the doc says, well, you know, it doesn't matter what the tests say. You know, we're going to test you, but here's, you know, your two weeks of doxycycline. Good luck. Um, That should be fine. And not knowing any better, I said, great, doc. Thanks. I took my two weeks. I got word later on, just a couple days later, oh, the test came back negative, but keep taking the doxy because, you know, just in case. And, you know, I at that point, I was like, I don't care what the test says. I got a bullseye rash. I've got Lyme. Um, and then I followed up with a little bit of herbal medicine and mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was, to be honest with you. Uh, I talked How to- How long ago was that? It was like years and years ago or? Yeah, it's about 10, 12 years ago now. Yeah, and, and then some- herb yeah, And then some acupuncture. It may have been Teasel. It may have been Teasel. Um, That's the one that gave me no, uh, no taste. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that I, I lost about half an inch, uh, three quarters of inch of my hairline. I mean, that was the, the the bottom line, and that's that's a Chinese medicine thing. So your hair, your hair kind of reflects your deep uh, energy, your jing, your mm-hmm. 
And so lost some of that and probably will die a little bit earlier because of it, but <laughs> I'll do my best to nurture what I have left. So that's, that's my story. And really, you know, yeah, you know, maybe a symptom here or there. I wonder about that, but for the most part, I'd say we've, I've made peace with whatever's left in there. That's good. Have you, um, you know, when you were talking about being, uh, sorry, there was something outside. Um, when you were talking about being, you know, exhausted and fatigued from your work, I'm also very highly introverted. Mm-hmm. So it was funny when I first got Lyme because I thought, great, I'm an introvert and I have Lyme disease. I'm never going to see anyone ever again, <laughs> <laughs> ever. So it took me a while because I, I'm uh, also a very, like, sensitive empath type of personality. So I take on the energy of others, even dogs, very easily. If it's a hyper dog, I take on their energy and just really hard for me to push that away from myself. So I've actually learned a couple of techniques since doing my healing where I can sort of keep myself a little at bay from people's energy. And that's been part but of your healing. A, yeah. And it took me a while, especially because I have a very high stress job, but it took me a while to, uh, to really understand what was Lyme and what was introversion. Because even though I'm sick, I still have a need and a desire to be social. So I still can, as long as people know, hey, you're going to roll up to my house, probably bring some groceries, and I'm going to have my pajamas on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but when I was being introverted, I really couldn't hang out with anybody. So right. I was sick and needed my recharge time in my own space. So I've learned a lot about how to, and I say this all the time, but Lyme really taught me balance in my life. I had a very, I was very obsessive compulsive about physical fitness. And I, I had to let all of that go. I had to let perfectionism go. I had to let all that stuff go and do true balance in my life every day and recenter whenever I needed to through different breathing exercises and meditative type of things. And it, it just changed every, it changed my ability to deal with the introversion. It changed my ability to deal with people even when I don't feel well and, and not take on their energy and, you know, with certain energy types and stuff like that. So it was really, it's kind of neat. I think that the fatigue and stuff kind of, I understood that a part of that wasn't Lyme for me. It was that I am very em- empathetic to people's sensitivities and I take on some of their energy without meaning to. Yeah. Let me clarify just in case some of my patients are listening to me. Um, it's, it's mostly at this point, it's, it's new patients. Um, and part yeah, of that's it just takes a lot. Yeah. It, it, right. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm with the new patient for two, three, sometimes four hours straight. Um, yeah. and it takes, uh, just an awful lot of focus. So yep. if, and I, and it's something I do, you know, once or twice a week. If I think if I did it every day, I would build up the muscles, uh, the mental or emotional, oh, yeah. or whatever to be able to handle that. So because it's not frequent enough, it really, it's, it's a new type of, uh, effort on my part. But it, it's, it's funny you talk about it because one of, that was one of the first things we, we taught in, in, in our training with acupuncture is mm-hmm. to, have a ritual to have a space you know you you want to interface with the patient but you don't want to take on you don't want right. to take on their energy and that is de- definitely something that you know I, people ask me all the time how can you you know s- stand listening to people's problems all day so I, you know i said i don't I'm not listening to their problems. I'm talking to people. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm not, t- yeah, I'm not taking Yeah, sometimes you get yeah. amazing people, amazing stories. Sometimes you get people who, are, who really, really are sick, and it's really hard to process all that they're going through. And Yeah. yeah I, I definitely, I'm a financial coach at my church, and it's the same thing. It's when I have that first session, it's because I, I don't have a rhyme or reason to how I get the information. I just kind of take it as it comes, and the more they give me, the more it leads to what some of their financial issues or larger issues are and I have to kind of keep talking about it so that the story tells itself and it's exhausting like I leave there and I'm like oh my goodness and I can always help them and we come back and the, the follow-on sessions are much easier um, much less like you say focused so you really have to keep your brain on target to make sure you're recording it writing it down taking the appropriate notes you know that type of stuff I feel like so well, see, you're, you're so you're involved in the healing arts as well, because definitely the relationship with money with a lot of people is a healing path. Yes, and that's what I, you know, I. It's so interesting when I sit and do the financial coaching because I can tell pretty much right off the bat when people are very sound, intelligent. They know what to do. They've just never been taught the tools. Like they're very, and then I sit with other folks who. who they spend money because there's a damage, a deep down pain. No different than somebody who eats, you know, overeats or has bulimia or something like that. There's, they are covering up for something else. And, and I just see it immediately. And 
you know, start getting some of their story. And yeah, it feels very therapeutic when I am able to help people reframe some things and understand that there's something deeper going on that's making them have very poor spending habits and kind of put themselves in a stressful situation. So I would definitely say it's a personal. Good for help, you. you know, yeah, self-help type of thing. But. Thank goodness there are people like you in the world. Yeah, thank you. I love doing it. I just do it as a, as a service through my church, but I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's a blast. So I, I participate, if you've heard of Dave Ramsey, um, I'm a big advocate of his program of just spending cash and how you kind of build wealth and stuff. So yeah, I just try to give that gift back to others. Lots of common sense he has. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's it. It's just the simplest. It's just spend how your grandparents spent, and that's it. But it's very, it's, it's a lot harder to do than it is to just understand that it's simple, you know, simple but not easy. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of like health, simple but not easy. Yep, exactly. So, Katie, you have been fabulously generous with your time. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story, and I hope it inner, uh, inspires other people to to really explore the health and the gift that Lyme can be, you know, where it where it can take you and where it can heal you. And uh, you. happy to help. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh oh, I just blanked. I was leading up to, well, to, to saying. So, what do you want to say in leaving and closing? Um, that's a tough one. I guess just you know, really, if 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 you're there in your journey, if you're ready in your journey, and you're able to shift your thinking and start to begin to focus more on your health and less on what exactly it is that's ailing you, I think a lot of stuff will do some affirmations, really, I wake up every day and I thank God that he's healing me more and more with every passing day. And it really does. If you put it out into the universe, if you've seen the secret, that law of attraction, I believe is really real. So, you know, most people aren't ready for it yet because you're just stuck in a phase of Lyme, a grief phase or an anger phase or frustrated with the medical system. But when you think you're ready, just shifting your thinking as a step one, is super easy to do, I think will start to help you change the things around you. You'll get better doctors. You'll get better protocols for yourself. You'll just put it out in the universe and it'll come back to you. That's it. Beautiful. Thanks so much. So she said something during this interview that I thought was really powerful, actually. Um, what She said, what you focus on becomes your reality. And what struck you about that? And what really struck me about that is it kind of goes into just the stories that we tell ourselves yeah. about just who we are and what we're supposed to do. Right. So it's like by focusing, what she was saying uh, was that because she was so focused on the Lyme disease itself, right. She it kind of seemed like she... Tr- because that was the only thing she was focusing on that she wasn't getting well right. because of that. So as right. soon as she kind of switched the story from, okay, I'm not going to focus on the disease. I'm going to focus on my health. Yes. That's how she was able to beat this and, and was able to gain total health and was able to complete this amazing transformation and how she dealt with herself, how she dealt with her life, that kind of thing. Absolutely. What I find in my practice is that the first step to healing is to shift from being consumed by the disease to somebody who has a disease. Yeah. So even if it's something like uh, chronic migraines, uh, chronic back pain, uh, whatever the problem is, they begin, they come into the office and say, oh, this thing's got me, you know, it's got me by the throat, it's taken over my life. And then at some point, they feel strong enough. Now, the symptoms may be exactly the same, Mm -hmm. but they feel like, okay, now I'm myself again, and I've got this disease, and I'm going to go take care of it and attack it as best I can. And I think that's what she's talking about. And so it's it's a subtle shift, but it's a major shift in thinking. Yeah. Well, it's like it's the difference between having a thing that defines you versus having a thing that happens to you. Yes, absolutely. So, like, right after I graduated from college, I was suffering from, like, some social anxiety that was causing me to stutter and have a few panic attacks. And as soon as I was able to say, okay, this thing is happening to me, it's not defining me, I was able to kind of get that more under control. 
So there's that. So that's that's where your stuttering went. Yeah. Away. That's great. I'm happy to hear that story. Yeah. All right, everybody out there, if you need some more Lime Ninja in your life, Aurora, what can you do? You can visit our website at LimeNinjaRadio.com. There you can find all 46 past episodes. Woohoo! Year anniversary. Yay! <laughs> I archive all the episodes, and actually I've made a few tweaks to the website so it's easier to search. We've got a chronological timeline. You can click on the link there, and it'll list all the headlines of all the the episodes you can go back and we will be beginning to tag these so you can search in different ways to find the ones that are important to you. So we want you to be able to go into the library and say you're working on, I don't know, detoxing and be able to then just pull up a list of detox episodes. So we'll get there. We're not there yet, but that's, that's the plan. So if you go to the website now, you'll see that there are some movements in that direction. Yes. Uh, On the website, you can also sign up for our Ninja Insider mailing list and pick up the Lime Ninja Brain Fog Protocol as a thank you. But wait, that's not all. Lime Ninja Radio is also on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. And lastly, this podcast would not be a podcast, not a Lime Ninja podcast anyway, (laughs) unless we left you with the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day. Did you know part of a ninja's training is to describe the taste of chicken? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.